Welcome to A Court of Three Strands, the Palatine Institute's podcast on creating Christian culture. Through this show, we hope to provide a resource of education and encouragement for students, parents, and leaders about the revival of Christian values in our community. On A Court of Three Strands, we'll focus on the three foundational strands that make a strong, flourishing Christian culture, the church, the family, and education. We desire to order these things around God's word to advance Christ's kingdom and so glorify him and bless our community. My name is Ron Young, former headmaster at Providence Academy and founder of the Palatine Institute. And I'm Noah Tetzner, a curious student of classical education and podcast producer. Through our conversations, we look forward to sharing fellowship, knowledge, and practical wisdom for his glory here on the Quarter Three Strands podcast. Without further ado, let's get on with the show. Hello and welcome back to A Court of Three Strands. This season is all about family and we're going to talk today again about marriage and how glory relates to marriage. Yes. Marriage. <laughs> the famous uh, famous line from The Princess Bride. Um, yeah, so glory is one of those interesting words, a great Christian word that no one knows what it means. Mm, right? If I, I ask people all the time, like, what does that mean? And we know it's related to praise. We know it's related to honor somehow. So let me give a kind of a definition of glory. And, uh, and then from there, we'll kind of talk about what I mean. Okay, when, when we say this. So glory is the distinctive excellence of a thing. Okay, so um, let's suppose, Noah, I, uh, I head over to your house, your apartment, mm. and uh, I walk in, I see this ginormous walleye hanging on your wall. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. And I, and I see this walleye and uh, I go, no, did you catch that? And, and you say, well, of course. And then I look around, and I notice there's huge smallies and, you know, there's a big Northern pike there. And, yeah. You know, so, some things like that. And I would have this assumption that you're a good fisherman. In other words, these are trophies that display the distinctive excellence of your fishing ability. Right. right. They're your glory. Right. right. So, so these, you know, by seeing these trophies, I'm aware of the distinctive excellence of your ability to fish. So when we talk about, for instance, uh, going back to the Westminster standards, right? What's the chief end of man? The chief end of man is to glorify God and mm. to enjoy him forever. And almost every time I ask people, then what is to, to glorify God? What does that mean? And almost always they say, uh, well, it means we're supposed to you know, seeing or something. Yeah, worship. <laughs> or, yeah. Worship. And, and worship does glorify God. It it is a it is a way in which we can communicate the distinctive excellences of God. And that is part of who we are. But I but I think the idea that the Westminster Divines had in saying that the chief end or purpose of a human being is to glorify God means that in the way we live our lives, the distinctive excellence of God is seen. Right. Right. Okay. So, so that's, that's the idea. So God made us in his image and likeness. And so by being in his image and likeness, the things that we do ought to reflect that image. In other words, the distinctive excellence mm. of God. Right. So right. even after the fall, we still have his image and likeness. 
And of course, being redeemed by Christ, we have his spirit, which is sanctifying us. And so that our lives could become more and more uh, noticeably like God, that we show off his distinctive excellence in the way we live our lives. So, Mm. so again, going back to Genesis chapter one, God makes us in his image and male and female, he makes us. And uh, so in his image and likeness, and the purpose of that is to have dominion. Mm-hmm. That is the wise rule of creation. And the reason why it was necessary to be in his image is so that we can do the godlike things of dominion. So if you look at God's creation, God made things. He separated things or ordered them and named them. Uh, he filled them. He, he judged them and said, hey, this is good. This is very good. Um, and, and because it was with his word, right? We know that there's a logic behind it and that uh, it was planned. So we too, as image bearers, we plan, we make, we name, we separate, we order, mm-hmm. we fill, we, um, we judge. Right? Yeah. So all, the, all these things are, are part of his image. We get to Genesis chapter two. It's not good for man to be alone. Well, there's a, there's a few reasons, right? Yeah. No, one is God told us to fill the earth, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. It's really hard to do that by yourself. <laughs> so he institutes marriage, right? He made Eve. And for those three purposes that we talked about, I think in the, uh, season two or uh, um, episode two of season three, uh, he, God made marriage so that we can uh, have help in the task of dominion. We can have companionship. And if you go back and listen to that episode again, we talked about that companionship as um, being able to share in the fruits of our dominion. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, of course, to procreate, to have have children. Right. There's one other thing that we want to talk about as we talk about what does this mean? Marriage and glory. Okay, And that's this. It's also not good for man to be alone because a single individual does not reflect the triune God who created us. Okay. Mm. In other words, God is father, son, and Holy spirit always has been, always will be father, son, and Holy spirit. And as uh, John tells us, um, God is love. We have this understanding that the God that we worship is a triune God where the father has always loved the son and the son has always loved the father. The son has loved the spirit and the spirit has loved the son. The father has loved the spirit and the spirit has loved the father. This triune God of love, perfect love. And here's a great question. If you have perfect love, right? You have this perfect relationship between God, the father, the son, Holy spirit. uh, What does that perfect love do? It makes something other than itself to love. Yeah. It makes creation. Yeah. So that it can express its dominion, his dominion. Yeah. And, um, and to love uh, the things that he makes. In the same way, God made us, uh, male and female, that we can be united and become one flesh. And, and there's a, a part of it, and you've probably heard it many times. In fact, a lot of times you'll hear people talk about a cord of three strands from, <laughs> from Ecclesiastes, not in terms of what we've been talking about, you know. Uh, family, church, and school, but they'll talk about it as being this quarter, three strands as being husband and wife and God, right? Mm. That there's these, this, this three and the husband and wife, they become one flesh. And, and what is, what do they do in, uh, in their love? 
Well, create a new life. They, they create something other than themselves to love um, part of their family. Um, and, and it's even more than just the, the children that they create. It's, it's having other things outside of themselves, which they have uh, dominion over. That this is part of their plan, purpose, and it's part of God's plan and purpose of making us in his image, is that we have dominion and we have children, mm-hmm. and that, um, that our marriages then um, become one in which we will reflect the distinctive excellence of God. The people will look at our marriages, they'll look at our family, they'll look at our ordering of our lives, and they'll see the distinctive excellence of God being um, d- displayed in our lives and in our work. And so therefore glorifying God. Mm-hmm. So, so this is, this is an important part that I wanted to, and I was just talking to Noah <laughs> before we started recording. Oh, you know how I had that plan for the, the season? Um, I'm changing it. I'm adding another episode in here. Um, we're still going to try to do it in 10 episodes, Yeah, but I, I think um, it was important enough to, to do. So now Here's, here's where it gets fun. The reason why I wanted to talk about it is as I've been thinking through um, this season and thinking through um, what I see happening in our culture is, is this. As we said, I think in episode one, mm-hmm. most people are looking at marriage as being some sort of fulfillment or happiness. Right. right? My, my main reason for marrying someone is um is to make me happy or that i'm my life will be more fulfilled in marriage right it, yeah and and we might say it's because i love the other person um and and that's good too but they think that by loving the other person that's going to be the thing right exactly right, right? Mm-hmm. so what happens is is that um people find themselves not satisfied in their marriage Mm. they got into it because they love the other person, but now they're not sure that they love the other person. Mm. The love they're receiving from the other person isn't always satisfying. There becomes these problems within their marriage. And so what happens is they try to fix their marriage by once again, concentrating on themselves. Right now it, 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 we are sinners, right? We, we sin, we talked about the schemes of the evil one and Mm -hmm. we have to be, aware of this, right? That the Satan is going to try to get us to mistrust the word of God. He's going to try to get us to not be grateful for the things that we have to not be content. He's going to try to make us um, want to cover our own shame and our own sin and blame other people. He, you know, all the pride, the fear, the laziness, all that, right. Mm-hmm. All that is, is there. But what happens is I think in our day and age, again, is we continue to try to focus only on relating to one another. Mm. And, and we forget this part about facing outward, right? right? It's, it's a both end. It's not an either or no, don't get me wrong. It's a both end, right? Um, our, our, our marriage together is creating, it's building a life together. Um, that's expressed in a dominion, our ordering of our, our time together, our, our, um, the way we raise our kids, the way we organize our, our space and our things, uh, uh, building, uh, um, uh, building wealth for God's kingdom, for being in ministry together, for, for all these things, we're doing all these things. And the, perp- the reason why we want to love each other 
more perfectly is so that we can, yeah, we can exercise our love yeah. outside of ourselves. Right. 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 Like God, right. God's perfect relationship with himself. Yeah. Father, son, Holy spirit. Um, it, it turns outward towards creation in the yeah. same way, our love for one another, man and wife, um, ought to be expressed in a way that that's for the sake of others. Right. Yeah. That- yeah. Yeah. So Mr. Young, you know, if, if you, you know, if you had a, if you had two young people that were, let's say engaged and they were on track to get married, what is the correct way to think about what is the correct motivation for getting married? Cause it's, it's not just to get married for the sake of getting married. That is an excellent question, Noah, because there's no right answer to that. All okay. right. And, and, and this yeah, yeah. is what I mean by that. So did you read Jane Austen? Um, the uh, Pride and Prejudice. I did. Yep. Okay. Right. So you, you have, you have um, Charlotte who um, <laughs> takes up um, the, uh, the pastor um, Collins Collins, right. Uh, Collins, <laughs> uh, right. Yeah. Um, because it was beneficial to her. Um, she, she didn't have much of a standing that didn't have much of hope for a good marriage, but this was a good marriage for her. They could, and, and she and Collins figured out a way in which to live. Um, that was, um, beneficial to both of them. Mm. They can have kids. They can have them. Everything could be there. In other words, um, they didn't fall in love and get married. Mm. They got married um, because Because it it made sense because it made sense. And that marriage was something that they wanted. And marriage is something that God commanded and it's ruled by his, by his word. Right. Mm -hmm. So, so most of human history, marriage was arranged, right? It's not young people you know, came up with a motivation to get married. Right. They just were expected to get married and their parents found spouses for them. And they got married and they learned to love the person they were married to. Yeah. We now, <laughs> we now think that the only reason to get married is um, r- really for love, I guess. Um, and if someone marries for another reason, you know, security or, or um, wealth or you know, yeah. whatever, I mean, literally, I ask this question to students every time. How many of you guys all planning to get married? Yeah, yeah. What What's important to you? What's important? And I ask people, what would be important to you? Yeah. And I and I and we talk about um, yeah. What are they? Jane Austen, for instance. And I've had several girls go. I don't think I'd feel I'm. I need security. And by security, it would have to be financial. Like I'm. I'm literally going to be looking for people who are make more money. Because, and, and I say to them, wow, that's horrible and very shallow of you. I don't say that. Right. I, I say that's a, that's a perfectly legit thing. Right. Right. I, now the, these are, these are not people who are gold diggers. Right. It's not gold digging. Like I'm just going to take advantage of this guy. It's like, they know themselves and that kind of spouse that they're looking for is going to do this. Others are like, I'm more interested in serving the Lord. So I'm going to find someone who's going to want to serve the Lord. You know, so I've, I've had girls who have said, I'm, I want to look, find that guy who wants to be a missionary or to be a pastor. Right. I've had, I've had uh, boys who have talked about that. It's like, it would be necessary for my wife to be okay with us going overseas or, or, or doing that to serve, serve right. the Lord. 
right? So that it it's um there, so there's a variety of 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 ways that people are looking at who they're going to marry, and for the secondary, I guess you'd say qualities, yeah. whether it's uh, security, whether it's um, adventure, <laughs> you know, romance. I I don't know. Right. As, as long as we understand those things are secondary. God, God has given us the purpose for why we get married and it's to, um, to have dominion, uh, to right have yeah. and have uh, companionship. Yeah. And here's the, here's the part that I want to get to much of what's happening because we're fallen people is that God uses marriage to sanctify us. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, so here we go. Trying to become like God by yourself is very difficult. The way to be sanctified when you're not married and, and is to have uh, to give yourself into all sorts of other people's lives, right? Mm-hmm. In, in uh, ministry and in, in taking care of poor, you know, those types of things. Yeah. Um, it, it is easier, <laughs> I guess you might say, is to get married. And then you have that one person within the security of a marriage relationship to learn to love one another completely and wholly. Right. And it's very difficult because you're going to mess up a lot. Right. You're going to hurt the other person. You're going to, you're going to be disappointing. (laughs) It's, it's risky. And because love is so risky, it's necessary to do it within a marriage. Right. And so because you're married already and you get to, you get to learn to how to love yeah. And that love between you and your spouse is becomes a way in which you are reflecting the glory of God. Yeah. Who is love. Right. Yeah. Now, now let me, let me tell you an interesting tidbit here. So uh, Bernard of, of um, uh, Bernard of Clairvaux, St. Bernard, mm-hmm. um, he, he talked about the relationship we have with God um, and how it goes through different phases. And he says that most of the time when we come to know Christ, we love God for our own sake. In other words, we love God because God has forgiven us. Right. God has blessed us. There's, you know, there's this weight of the debt of sin is gone in our life and we're, we're excited. And we, we love God because of how God makes us feel. Mm-hmm. But what God wants to do is for you to learn to love him for his own sake. In other words, I'm not loving God because of what he's doing for me. I'm loving God because of who God is. And um, Bernard of of Clairvaux says that often happens through what he called the dark night of the soul or a a time in which his, he withdraws his presence from us. He's still there. You just can't necessarily discern it. And you have to learn to trust him. You have to learn to have faith in him. Mm-hmm. And through this experience, you begin to love God for his own sake, not because of how he makes me feel or what he's done for me. We're learning to love him for his own sake so that I love God because he's God. Yeah. Rather than loving God because of how I, it makes me feel. And, and what happens is, is that in a lot of churches, a lot of people who come to know Christ, they, they love that feeling. And when God begins to try to get them to that point that you love God for your own sake, all of a sudden they're trying, going all over the place, trying to feel that the experience, uh-huh. right? They're, right. They're, they, they don't want to, to leave that 
place of loving God for their own sake into the loving God for God's God's own sake. They want to stay in that first phase. Right. And they're looking all over for that feeling. Sounds like something that could happen in marriages. Yes. Yes. So what happens is people, as they get married, are usually still loving the other person for their own sake. So right. like, so like when Wendy and I, you know, got married, I loved her. I loved her deeply, but it was still probably for my own sake. Right. In, in other words, if, if my wife and I were engaged and I got an accident, was paralyzed, I would expect that my, that Wendy would not marry me, but have a good life somewhere with someone else. Right. And right. probably she'd do that. And or she was the one that had the accident and got paralyzed, you know, or something like that. And the reason is, is because we have not learned to love the other person for their own sake. We've, we were still in that. Right. And, and um, studies have shown, so <laughs> I love saying that. Yeah. <clears throat> studies have shown Noah <laughs> yeah. that, that, that there's this, a real thing called a seven year itch. And yeah. in, in essence, um, if you have not made that transition from loving someone for your own sake to loving that other person for their own sake, in other words, um, if my wife got in an accident today and was like a quadriplegic, mm. I would do everything in my power to be able to care for her for the rest of her life, even if it means I give up everything that I'm doing because I love her for her own sake. Right. Not because of what she can do for me, not because of how she can just make, I mean, she's a, she would be a quadriplegic and I would serve her the rest of my life because I love her. Mm. If that happened when we were engaged there, we wouldn't have gotten married. And that sounds horrible. People are going, Ron Young is such an evil person. <laughs> what a selfish jerk, but, uh, it, but it's true. Yeah. I mean, it's just true. So the study show, if, if people aren't, aren't going to that place, like, Within seven years, they start getting a little, right? Because the feelings have gone away. Right. Um, you're, you know, people are trying really hard. We need to have that spark back. Yeah. We need to do, right? Uh, they start having kids and guess what? That spark's probably not going to come back for a while. Yeah. I mean, you'll have it from time to time, but, you know, life is so much different now. Life is all about you giving of yourself to your spouse and to your kids now. Right. It's not about you getting anything. And, and, a lot of the fights that you'll see between couples and when they have little kids is that, is that um, they feel like the other person's being selfish. <laughs> right. Right. And all, and, all, and sometimes it is some, I mean, be completely blunt. There, there are lots of selfish jerks that are not doing their share right. of helping and serving in their family. Um, but for a lot of it, it's just, it's just, that's the way it is. Oh yeah. You know, we, we talked about uh, just the other day that um, some of the elders at Jacob's well, we're, we're talking about the, the idea of how many, you know, I was asking Spencer Thomas, he's the head of, he, he has the, we have a counseling center. I said, what are some of the patterns you're seeing? What are the, some of the things? And he, and he said this, he says, he says, there are a lot of men with no friends, mm -hmm. a lot of men with no friends. And, and we talked about it. And basically what happens is you start having kids mm -hmm. And you feel incredibly, you know, you're off to work all day. You know, your wife's home. She's got all these, you know, she's got these, you know, snot nosed kids running around. You know, yeah. it's, it's, it's hard. It's, it's exhausting. Yeah. And, and you want to come home 
and give her relief. Right. And so you feel incredibly guilty doing anything but zooming home and letting your wife have a break, you know, go take a bath, go hang out with some friends, go, you know, do whatever. And so what happens is, is that those, those men now become, they feel guilty for going to the gym. So they don't get fat and, you know, (laughs) they, they, um, they have no friends. They, They have. It, 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 and it just becomes a very lonely place. And they, and, and the thing is, is that uh, men need friends, right? Um, women are much better at figuring out how to get together with their, their girlfriends, mm-hmm. right? They, they'll do play dates. They'll right. make it know, around the kids. Yeah. They'll make it around the kids. They'll do the men. Men are horrible at it. Yeah. Right. What are we going to do? Hey, <laughs> <clears throat> I'm watching the kids. You want to come over? No, they're not going to do that. They're just not going to, you know? Yeah. Right? And so, so part of it is talking about how, how we can make, make it so that we can do it because the the reality is, and, and here, here, just hear me, everybody. What I just said about life with kids is normal. <laughs> it's normal. That's what it means to have kids. You are going to sacrifice your life for the sake of the kids Wow. That sounds a lot like Jesus, right? Yeah. It sounds like a sanctifying work in your life that you become more and more like Jesus who gave up his divine nature, like his divine uh, prerogatives by becoming flesh and living amongst us. And he gave up his own life for our sake. Yeah. That's what marriage and family is. Mm. Yay. (laughs) Now I'm here. Here's. Here's the thing. Yeah. It is so worth it though. If I were to go back and talk to my, you know, like my 21 year old self. Yeah. And back when I was 21, I thought I was a pretty good guy. I thought I was pretty righteous. I was doing ministry at the time. I thought, you know, I'm, I'm pretty good. good. I would seem completely selfish and Mm self-centered compared to my 55 year old self now. And and Noah's going, well, you still seem a little self-centered, Mr. Young. <laughs> well, it's true. I'm still being sanctified, right? But it it is um, but that's what marriage does. I I invest my time and my love towards my wife. I learn to love her for her own sake. Yeah. I we we together then have children and and we're building this life outside of ourselves. And and if we could, if we could um work together on that dominion piece yeah, and work on our relationship so that we can do better at the dominion. Um, we continue to grow. Right. Not only together, we grow as people, as a, as a man and a woman yeah. in the image of God. And so glorify him in the things that we do. The moment we stop doing one or the other, right. Right. Things are going to go haywire. If we stop with figuring out how to, do dominion and only concentrate on ourselves, mm-hmm. you know, we'll go through, I don't know how many, you know, we'll read books and go to marriage retreats and all that other stuff. And we'll have, we'll have some times will be good and sometimes will be whatever, but there, there's no end to it. Right. If we ignore that completely and just focus on the dominion. Yep. Things will go haywire because we're not taking care of the marriage. In other words, it's both. It's, it's, an, it's not an either or, it's a both and. If we are to glorify God and enjoy him forever, um, 
as a couple, as a family, we have to both work on the relationship that is learning to love one another yeah, and to reflect Christ's love for the church in our marriage um, and um, focus ourselves outward in the task of dominion in raising our children in, in um, ministering in our church, in, in helping our neighbor, in building the garden and, you know, building a life together. It's, it's a both end. Um, and, and again, what, what I find is the pendulum can swing. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure that in the fifties, the 1950s, there were lots of problems because they were only focused on the dominion aspect and not about the relationship. Sure. But I think today it's, it's probably swung the other way that, that we're really trying to have some sort of fulfilling, meaningful relationship. And because we concentrated over and above things like dominion, mm-hmm. it just makes problems. I'll give you one example. And yeah. I think we're towards the end here, but here, here's the one example. I, I had a couple in uh, my church who were always having problems. And the problem with their marriage is this. They could not follow through on the things that they said they would. Okay. They were great at expressing their feelings towards one another. <laughs> they were great at communication. Yeah. They could. They can communicate circles around me. I mean, they were just fantastic. They can express their disappointments. They could be vulnerable. Blah, 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 blah. The problem is simply they could not, they could not follow through with their commitments. And it was right. always causing problems. Right. So the dominion aspect was where they were failing. Right. They couldn't follow through on their commitments. So they're not, you know, bills get unpaid or, you know, because you forgot or they they didn't get it done. They didn't go to the bank when they needed to. They right. So great in the all the relational things and their life is falling apart. Yeah. Right. And you you can see the opposite where everything seems like it's perfect from the outside because they're taking care of all the business but there there's no love anymore in the relationship. Mm. It's a both end. And that's how we will glorify God um, in our lives and in, in, in the way we, we do, do things. So the glory of God in marriage, right? Yeah. It comes from us reflecting the triune God, both in our relationship with one another, but also in our tasks of, of dominion. It's a both end. And if you're listening to this and you're kind of getting to the end, what I would what I would suggest you do is just think through this with your spouse. Even where where are we? Right? Are we are we heavy on one and light on the other, or are would we have a good balance here? Or is that balance, you know, a true balance? It's just that the there's it's ineffective, right? Yeah. Um. You know, we're made in His image. We can judge these things, <laughs> and uh, and and that might be a good topic to co- talk about. Where where are we at? What kind of life are we building together? What kind of relationship do we have? How am I loving you well and not loving? Right. Those are great conversations to have. And and as we pursue those things, again, we become more and more like God, and therefore display His distinctive excellence in the life that we're building. Um, and thus uh, glorifying him and enjoying forever, even when it's really difficult. 